Hello, welcome to B2B Craftworks, a podcast about business writing. My name is Sarah Griesenbach. I'm the founder of B2B Writing Institute. And this is the Friday update because I am not procrastinating on the things that I love. Today, I'm doing this. And I don't like to get too into the weeds on personal stuff and like health stuff because there's really nothing less fun than hearing a stranger talk about their health issues. So I'm not going to I'm not going to submit you to that. But I've had a bunch of health stuff going on and a new diagnosis that could be really awesome once I treat everything. And it's just making me think about the past 10 years of my life and my relationship with work and my relationship with myself and how my relationship with work either enhanced that relationship with myself or made it worse or helped me avoid it. I don't know, but it's on my mind. And it makes me think of how many people come into my orbit with Institute stuff. And what resonates with them is that I'm doing the opposite of all the marketing bro content. So there's really no hustle culture. There's no grinding. There's no digging deep and working late nights. Like I've done all of that, but I'm mainly speaking from the perspective of regretting doing all of that. And how, to me, the most important thing about freelancing or being in business is having more control about how I spend my time and how I use my energy. Because handling chronic illness and autoimmune stuff and weird food stuff and weird exercise stuff and then on top of that, we're going to have a family, the financial pressure that comes with that. To me, this is more about how we can navigate real life and being tired and having a lot of pressure going on and then turn around and come into work and have this pure, focused, creative energy and just be a genius at stuff. And so that's that the balance I've been trying to understand and fight for. Because I don't always have that going on. There are times when I'm in flow. I'd say twice a month, I feel amazing about client work, amazing about institute stuff, and amazing about family stuff. And the rest of the time, it's like I get to pick one of those things. And it doesn't feel great. So that's just to say, everyone else who is dealing with the mess and just feeling pretty behind and overwhelmed, it's really all of us. And I think we all have times in the month when we have got it going on and we love our choices. And then we have times of the month where we regret everything and we just want to hide. And that's fine. What can we do over the long term, even though we're feeling that every month? That's what we're exploring. So the last kind of membership drives for the Moonshot, I also included an hour coaching call with me. And so I've been going through those for most of the month, maybe two or three a week. And it has been so cool to see the different people in different countries, different backgrounds, all coming into B2B and bringing this rich professional experience. There are people with journalism degrees and photography degrees, just wild experiences. And the common thing everybody has going for them is feeling like they aren't qualified for B2B. And it just blows my mind because if you love writing and you are open to marketing and you're open to business, like how businesses work and how businesses make money, and you are an honest person, 
you are a gift to any company that needs marketing work done because they have so much to do and need so much help and direction about how to message things and how to write in a way that's pleasurable to read. And it just blows my mind. So a lot of my weeks have been spent, a lot of hours over the past few weeks have been spent reassuring these really talented people with professional experience, sometimes even in content operations and digital marketing and these things going for them, that they really have something to contribute and that marketers are going to be lucky to hire them. And that's so true. So I'm really excited to get the follow-up emails from any of the calls that I've had because there are some really talented writers who are about to find out just how in demand their skills are. And that is the coolest thing in the world. Another theme I'm seeing is how much pressure we're feeling to be on social and have a blog and stuff about marketing and content. And I think I'm just still really confused about that because if you are creating writing and marketing content, you're just going to attract people who want to learn about writing and marketing content, which is not people who are hiring for writing and content. So I was on a call this morning and it occurred to me, it might be that we're confusing our business models and how we sell and how we buy what's happening. Because I, I don't, sure, somebody proved me wrong, of course, but you can't really sell things. You can't really get hired from influence and thought leadership. That's not really how it works, like to be hired for a task or a service. You can sell things through influence, like maybe you're selling a product or a course or coaching or something like that. Like Those are the people who are building influence and trying to do the thought leadership thing online because they're trying to build an audience that can support whatever value that they're trying to deliver. But when the value we deliver is doing the work and providing the services, influence isn't really something that's going to get us hired. It can help like further along in a career, visibility is important and can drive your prices up and make things easier. But when you're first starting out, you don't have a lot of influence and then you're directing your influence in the wrong direction. And so you're just investing a lot of time and effort and energy. And then the eventual kind of sadness that comes with not seeing a lot of results from that. And I think that can get you really hung up. So if you feel like a strong inner drive to, to have some influence and be more active on social, by all means do that. But if you feel on the fence and you don't really want to do that, I would like to encourage you to not because the only thing you're going to do is drive up your engagement interactions with other writers, which which could be great for referrals and stuff. But if your focus is finding a client to pay you to write, they're not looking at LinkedIn for tips on using punctuation. They're not subscribing to a blog to learn how to do basic content marketing. They're already in content marketing. That's what they do. They need someone who can write, who knows how to show up and be professional and help them bring the best ideas to life. So that's just the theme. I'm seeing some really smart people feel pressure to say smart things all the time on social. And that's a wonderful hobby or pastime. But if you need clients, what you need to be doing is reading in the industry, connecting with those companies, connecting with those marketing managers and figuring out your best contribution there. 
So that may conclude the rant portion of our podcast today, but no promises. For my 4,000 Weeks update, which is that awesome book by Oliver Berkman, I have been doing just okay. I think I get mega points for a watercolor class that I'm taking every Monday with my husband. So we both got to register. And so we spend two hours learning about color theory, and I just painted like a totally sweet rose. It's wild how good it looks, but it's it's almost a paint-by-numbers thing, so I don't want to take credit for actually painting a rose. But it was really cool to go through the process and just think about paints and just be with my spouse for two hours each Monday. But the wild thing is, it's almost like a flare of workaholism hits me the morning before as I'm like getting ready to leave and shutting down my computer. And every single week without fail, these thoughts pop up that are like, don't go, just skip this one. There's more you can do. If you go, you won't get ahead on blank. You'll be behind on blank. Bad things will happen. It's almost like it. there's some kind of trigger for my brain to not let me rest and not let me do the fun thing I want to do, which is wild. But it happens every week. I've still gone every week. And I'm always happy that I went. I always feel more refreshed, more excited. I do better work when I do get to work in the afternoon. It's just wild. So just a little reminder, like our brains don't always have our best interests at heart. They just have our very baseline survival at heart. And that's important. But if you're, if you are surviving, I don't think it's helpful anymore. I think it, it keeps us in a, a bad pattern. And the same thing happens is actually improv season. So my improv classes kicked off, which is a weeknight. At every single class, I'm tired. I'm rushed. I worry I'm not seeing the kids. I know it's too late in the evening. I'm going to be exhausted. I still have just made myself perform the steps to go. And I feel like a million bucks after every class. It's just the best feeling in the world. So I love that. I'm listening to the thoughts that tell me not to do the fun thing, and I still do it anyway, and then I enjoy it and have fun. So I feel like I'm really submitting to the process of having a life, (laughs) which (laughs) if you're not an Enneagram 8, that might sound odd, but some of us have to schedule in fun because otherwise we'll just do chores all day. And I've actually realized I need to schedule writing in again because I've really let my schedule skew towards meetings. And they're meetings that I love, but I find sometimes extra introverts will talk about, it's like you have a meeting at 2 p.m. on Thursday, so you spend Monday through Wednesday just watching the meeting approach. And it's, that's what happens with my workday sometimes. If I schedule things from 12 to 3 and I have that morning to work, I'm just tuned into and vibrating on the fact that I need to be on the phone. So I've tried to get back to being really strict about no calls Monday, no calls Friday, and then starting calls later in the afternoon, Tuesday through Thursday. I'll let you know how the experiment goes. But it is really hard to say no to someone who needs to talk about something because I like the people, I like the work, and I just need to see a clear calendar to be able to do my best work. So that something I'm really struggling with. And then I'm also thinking about one of the things going on is with the kids being in school, I feel like our family time is crunched really badly. So I get home from work and it's just right into having to do things and 
dinner and bath and bed and go change your clothes. And I realized I'm in control of my calendar. That's something I don't really acknowledge and something I take for granted a lot of the time. So I realized, what if we moved everything up and I got up at six or seven and just went right to work and then tried to finish my day by three-ish and then could have some family time. And I'm still in the process of figuring out if that's going to be a good fit. I have a lot of resistance to just having a nice life for some reason. I would like to figure out where that comes from so I can get rid of it. But I went ahead and finished my workday early yesterday and joined everybody at the playground. And it was a really nice feeling to be participating in family life. In the playground, I actually got to meet a new mom friend, which was, it's not something that happens to me a lot once we made the switch to my husband staying home with the kids. So it was really refreshing to just see someone and know you were going to hit it off. And so I started strategizing how to get some paper and a pen to give her my email address and share all the links that we had talked about. So that'll be fun. I hope we can have a play date and make a new friend. But it was also so cool to see someone with kids much younger than mine, so 14 months apart and a couple of years younger, and to just really see that I've moved on from that phase. Like I didn't maybe look as tired as she did. I wasn't quite as overwhelmed as she was. It was just really wild to see that my kids are growing up and this can get a lot better. So shout out to kids who turn five, because I'm really enjoying things the closer we get to a little more independence, a little less physical reliance and stuff like that. That brings me towards the end of my update. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything cool, but we did just have an office hours a couple days ago, and that's where people in the Moonshot Machine, we just get together for a really informal talk about money client writing samples. Some people are eating lunch. Some people have cameras off. Some people have babies. It's just a really good time. And an interesting conversation came up about the spectrum of writing and the value that people perceive the writing to have, which kind of starts with SEO and the technical side of things, and then moves into content marketing, and then moves into thought leadership and then moves into PR almost on the other side of the spectrum. And I think I'm leaving some things out because sales comes in there, copywriting comes in there versus content writing. But it was interesting to see people on this path of evolution from SEO writing, which while extremely valuable, seems to have less value in the eyes of clients. So if you go into a situation as an SEO writer, I'm going to see the lower pay grade coming with that to coming up into content marketing, which is maybe more product marketing, more how-to, more user guides, that sort of writing, and then into real ideas and thought leadership. So helping business leaders think about and communicate their value better, like we're getting higher and higher paid on the other side of the spectrum. So it's it was really fun to talk about that and explore that and get the different perspectives of people who maybe started in SEO and are moving to thought leadership, who started in content marketing and moving into thought leadership. But there's a real there's a real move of people who have a talent for writing 
getting an awakening of being interested in business and products and technology, and then being able to merge those things and almost be a Sherpa or a guide or the translator for people in business to, to talk about their value. And that is the cool thing. That's what I want to help people do. Because when you get to be the thought leadership partner, when you can help someone who's generating a lot of value to express their value and create more value, 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 then your value goes up. And that's the name of the game. And I guess I'm just a very aligned person because that's the point of the seminar that kicks off next week is how do we go from having these great skills, applying them to SEO and content marketing writing, and then bringing our brains more into it or bringing more of our agency as a writer and our thoughts and opinions on how to express something or explain something and actually bring that out into the page and the relationship with the client so that we're creating work that is more sophisticated and is more compelling and valuable and worth paying for. Ah, I love it. Next week's a very big week. October kicks off birthday season for me, as well as birthday season for my youngest son. We were pretty close to where we're going to share a birthday weekend. At first, I'm going to be honest, I did not really enjoy that idea, but it turns out Leo is really cool and I'm lucky to share a birthday season with him. So I'm pretty into it now. And with that, this time around, we got the B2B Writing Seminar kicking off October 7th, which is awesome. And you can absolutely still sign up. There are cool bonuses that go with it, but those expire on Monday the 3rd. So if you want to ramp up from SEO content into sophisticated content and then get a bunch of bonuses, including a coaching call in October with me, then it is a great time to sign up for that. And then on the 4th, I actually have kind of a short notice webinar going out. We're going to get Christine Gamolka, Karina Rampelt, and Brooklyn Nash together to talk about burnout and writer's block, which is so timely towards the end of the year. I could go on and on, but it's going to be really cool. And that's October 4th at noon Eastern time, and it is free. So I'll have a link for that in the show notes. And I'm craning my neck to look at my calendar. After that, I'm on a super cool trip for a conference to meet some people I've been hanging out with online for a while. And then we slide right into the end of the year. And this is going to be one of the first times, gosh, that tells you how much of a workaholic I am. This is the first time I'm going into the final part of the year with something blocked out on my calendar to be off for different holidays. So I am looking forward to that. I've got it blocked out. And I've been including in my email signature, I will say I have upcoming out-of-office time. If we're working together on a live project, let's connect about how we'll handle that. And I found that to be a really good way to give the people I'm working with a general sense of when I'm going to be in and out of the office. And so there are no surprises. And that's been going great. So little tip for you. All right, that's going to be all for the Friday update. I'm going to go have some lunch and then work on a really fun kind of sales slash thought leadership blog post for a client. I hope you are scheduling some time to rest. I hope you are stealing it for yourself in the early morning before your kids get up. And I hope you know you're doing a good job. Bye.